Member-supported Jazz 90.1 proudly welcomes you to America's longest-running computer show, Soundbites. Call the show now at 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free, 800-790-0415 or soundbites.org. Now, alongside Steve Ray and Dave Enright, here's Nick Francesco on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Good afternoon, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the chips in the B.C. It is Saturday, the 18th day of February, Anno Domini 2023, and you, <laughs> you lucky people, you're listening to Sound Bites. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. <laughs> Even when he's here, he's late. <laughs> a, well, no, there's three seconds behind, no, ten seconds behind in my ear. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's seven minutes after the hour. We're going to be bringing you news, views, things that you have nothing to lose. Kick off your shoes. Don't get the blues. Here comes the news. Very good. Okay, for the first half of this story. On Tuesday, Microsoft released security updates to address 75 flaws. Uh-oh. Spanning its product portfolio, three of which are under active exploitation in the wild. The updates are in addition to 22 flaws. In the Windows uh, um, um, uh, that that Microsoft patched in its Chromium-based Edge browser over the last month, of the 75 vulnerabilities, nine are rated critical, 66 are rated important in severity. 37 out of the 75 bugs are classified as remote code execution flaws, and of course, the three zero days. Successful exploitation of any of these flaws could enable an adversary to bypass Office macro policies used to block untrusted or malicious files, or gain system privileges. It's worth noting that Microsoft OneNote for Android is also vulnerable, and with the note-taking service increasingly emerging as a conduit for delivering malware, it's crucial that users apply the fixes, or just stop using OneNote. Also addressed by Microsoft are multiple RCE defects in Exchange Server, ODBC drivers, PostScript Printer driver, and SQL Server, as well as denial of service issues, uh, that have an impact on Windows iSCSI service and Windows Secure Channel. Three of the Exchange server flaws are cas- classified by the company as exploitation more likely. Exploitation more likely. Although successful exploitation requires the attacker to already be authenticated. That's not actually that hard Mm-mm. on Microsoft servers, Exchange servers. Exchange servers have proven to be high-value targets in recent years as they can enable unauthorized access to sensitive information or facilitate business email compromise attacks. So our poll of the week at soundbites.org. That's Bites with a Y, Francis would like us to remind you, is Patch Now. Microsoft and Apple, zero-day flaws. And the Apple will be part two that I'll talk about later. Your choices are Microsoft, what else is new? Apple, no! I use neither, thank you. I still make my own quill pens and parchment. And, of course, none of the above. So far, we've got about 26 votes. Uh, Microsoft, what else is new, is uh, is in the lead, but not far behind as I use neither. Thank you. Um, uh, and, of course, uh, not only can you vote in the poll at soundbites.org, bites with a Y, Francis would like us to remind you, but you can also give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966 966- 5299, toll free 800 790 0415. 31 votes so far. So uh, 
vote in the poll, please. And, uh, and of course, give us a call if you've got something you'd like to ask a question about or a comment you'd like to make or uh, it's just it's just lonely where you are. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> um, I'll tell you, it's getting it's getting to be worse and worse every month. More and more exploits, uh, more and mm-hmm. more problems. And not and, and again, like I say here, it's not just Microsoft. It's Apple as well. Oh, yeah. Um, equal the, opportunities. Equal opportunity. Um, um, those are the two big operating systems. Linux has fewer because of, of the fact that, A, it's less um, um, and deployed. And, and secondly, it's, uh, uh, it, it's secured differently. And also, they update kind of instantly. You know, I mean, you, if there's an exploit, nobody waits. Yeah, they fix I mean, it. They put it out. You're done. So there's not, you know, with Microsoft in particular, and Apple has much the same problem. They, you know, they, they have to do a lot of testing and a lot of et cetera, et cetera. And they only have so many people to do all of that. I get all of that. Well, they're going for the numbers. And the biggest right. numbers when you compare operating systems right. are going to be Windows and Mac. Right. And so many billions of devices. It's not quite as bad as in the Microsoft world where you have a billion devices and, and 100 billion combinations. Right, right. And that's mm-hmm. that's part of it. And the other part of it is the the fact that so many people are using not just the base operating system, but all the add-ons. For example, mm-hmm. many of the exploits uh, that Microsoft is fixing this month are in not the operating system itself, but in all the extra programs like add-ons. Right, right, right. Um, and so, you know, again, um, Microsoft only puts out patches once a month. Um, that means if I, you know, patches came out Tuesday. So if I've got an exploit ready and I send it out Wednesday, I got a whole month. Yeah. And hopefully it'll get on the schedule right. for that month. To be you know? right, at, at, at least a month. Oh, yeah. Right. I'd say right. closer to two right? because they're not always, you know, very responsive, right? And in, while Apple is a little better in terms yeah. of in terms of um, scheduling, they still have a lot of work to do to to make sure it all works. Whereas, um, because in in Linux, very few things depend on other things. Very few programs depend a lot on other things. They're not as intertwined as much. Mm-hmm. If if I've written a program that suddenly has an exploit, I fix that exploit. Yeah. I send out the patch. We're done. Yeah, good to go. We're done, and I can do that overnight. And often that happens. You know, I'll often read about a uh, an exploit on Linux. Oh, make sure you patch right now. Wait a minute, I just patched this morning. What did I patch? Oh, I patched that. Yeah, and it happened. <laughs> I patched it before I heard about it. Yeah. And it happens automatically. Yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of Linux that I like is the minute I start it up. If there's any patches or updates, it does it. Yep. Because they've got it set up that way. Usually the guy that finds the the bug fixes it. Exactly right. (laughs) That's exactly right. Whereas with both Microsoft and Apple, somebody finds a bug, they report it, it gets tested, it gets verified, then they plan to fix it, then they write the fix, then they check the fix, then they I think there's I think there's a step way before that. Yeah. They hear about a problem, and then they sit on it and see how many other folks, because, you know, if you call in and say, well, there's this problem in that, 
Yeah, okay. They want to hear a number of folks complaining about that mm-hmm. same thing. Right. So that could take them weeks for folks to discover it and, you know, complain about it and say, right. hey, this needs fixing. So which then adds on to the calendar of uh, to where it finally gets on the schedule that somebody, like you say, and then starts that whole progression of right. looking into it. Right. It's the same thing I used to say to my students when I was teaching, when they would take a test. I would say, if you get a question wrong, that's your fault. If everybody gets a question wrong, that's my fault. Mm-hmm. But the same thing with with problems. If one person has a problem, there's not much I can do about that. Right. But if 10,000 people have a problem, well, then that's my problem that, and i got to fix that, it. That gets your attention. Right, right, yeah. right. There's so, yeah, that's very true, too. Yeah. Every now and then there's some interesting stories on uh, Security Now about a researcher that reports a bug, and Microsoft says, we don't consider that a bug and doesn't yep. fix it. Yep. Until mm-hmm. the, the researcher says, okay, here's how I can exploit that for full root control and, and remote code ex- execution. Right. Uh, we still don't consider that a problem. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, a that's you know, that again... That's also the difference between the publicly traded companies, Microsoft and Apple, and the not publicly traded company, mm-hmm. Linux. Um, the fact is that, that, again, if you are a publicly traded company, your customers are the shareholders, not the people who buy your software right. or your hardware. And so, you know, the, the priorities are very different. That's just the reality. There's nothing that's going to change it that ever. Is. Yep. Right. Whereas Linux, the customers are actually the people who are using the software. Mm-hmm. And so people fix things because they want to, not because they have to. And it's a very... And it's a different community, too. It's right. like everybody helping everybody else because of it being open source. And, you right. know, keeping it an honest system that everybody, you know enjoys, if they find an issue, jumping in there and trying to fix it. Yep. It's and, a, and how many times do you see that? Somebody goes, I found this bug. I'm pretty sure it's here, so I patched it, and it works. Try this. Yeah. And then the, the developer will go, yeah, 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 that worked. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and they and they fix it. Yep. Yeah. Done. It's a whole different community and sharing ideas and um, different ways of, even if it's not a broken if right. they can find a way of improving it and making it more efficient, they're jumping all over it. Well, and then you had that with one of the programs you run. There was mm-hmm. no Linux version. Yeah. And then they said, you know what? The daughter uses Linux. Yeah. We're going to rewrite it for Linux now. Yeah, and they're coming out with it. And uh, they're finding a lot of folks, since they had made that announcement, it's all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I'll sign up for a membership, you know, and get the updates and everything else. And it's like, heck, yeah. And it was all due because the daughter wanted, uh, she runs a Mac, so she needed, a, you know, Linux and Unix. Uh, yep, we're bringing them all along. So now it's going to be cross-platforms. Yep. And they were really surprised. I don't think so much the daughter because she was more into tune that, you know, People are moving away from just the Windows base, and because of the way the problems and everything else, you got to broaden your hi- uh, horizons, or you're going to get left behind. That's exactly and, right. 
You know, rough estimates are there's about 50 million lines of code in Windows. Right. Um, nobody knows it all. Nobody knows. Nobody can know it all. Nope. No human mind. Uh, how can, does this bit of code interact with this bit of code? That's yep. exactly right. Nobody can understand anything more <coughs> complex than a lever. So when you get fifty thousand lines of code, yeah, how, you Makes can't your eyes go cross. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, and and so um, and the problem is those fifty thousand lines of code were written by m- multiple people over fifty years. Over fifty years. That's exactly right. Whereas on the Linux side, they're all discrete little programs, individual little programs. So uh, uh, Linus Torvalds and, and his crew write the kernel, right? And so that, you know, the mm-hmm. kernel itself doesn't update all that regularly. Oopsla. Oopsla? Object-oriented programming systems, languages, and applications. Right. Object-oriented <laughs> was just some future thing that might happen when I was in coding school. That's right. <laughs> but... But, for example, all the GNU utilities, uh, all the little, when you say LS or, you know, DUR or whatever, those are all written by individual people and they're discrete programs of sometimes as little as 50 lines or 100 lines. So, yeah, somebody understands that and somebody can fix a problem with that. So when you get updates... Uh, you often find that, well, le- I mean, let's take it. Do I have a uh, thing about Thunderbird or was that last week? Um, the the people at Thunderbird are going to, yeah. I think yeah, that yeah. was last week. The people at Thunderbird are, are redesigning the software um, uh, from the ground up. And it's been a very long time since they did that because, again, it was a, it's a monolithic, gigantic program. Well, again, going back to uh, my ham radio stuff, though, for a second. Yeah. There was another guy who created a logging program, and he tried to do it across platforms, you know, to be fair to everybody. Right. He finally gave up on Windows. He says, I'm tired of constantly having to patch it. And he says, so he's stuck just to Mac and Linux. Right. And, you know, folks are all, you know, getting, well, you know, what about, he goes, no. It's too buggy. I can't keep up with all the patches and everything else. It keeps getting exploited, and they're not updating it and keeping it up to date. And they're, uh, especially their Microsoft Access program for the right. database. He goes, that is so antiquated. He goes, no, I'm not paying that fee to be licensed so I can get it. No, I can do it in Linux for free. And I get all this other support and help that people are chiming in, wanting to do this and that. He says, I'm sticking with that. And it's a great program. Yeah. And a lot of people are using SQL Lite nowadays yeah. oh, instead of instead of Access. That one that you were talking about before? Yep. That's what they're going to now. They're yep. doing away with Access. And uh, matter of fact, that should be out for folks that are listening to what I'm talking about. That should be out within the next two months. They're doing away with Microsoft. They're going to SQL Lite. They found it works a hundred times better it's and very fast efficient. and very easy to use yes more efficient yep yep and that's a that's a big thing uh, again something like access uh, back in the day when there were very few alternatives yeah uh, access was a was an awfully good program to use it has been superseded by programs that are smaller faster more efficient uh, and much more convenient and work better uh, multitasking so um you know people are people are moving away from 
the monolithic um, Microsoft environment. Oh yeah, and branching out. And again, yeah. because if you if you're using SQLite, um, uh, the drivers for that are updated quite regularly. And according to it's them, fast. there are yeah. According to them, there are over one trillion SQLite databases in active use. Yep, one e twelve because they're geeks. Right, right, yeah, well, <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, the one program that I use for my logging. That um, I'm searching close to 32,000 files, and it uses SQLite. <coughs> that is so lo- fast. Oh, sure. I can type something in, boom. Whereas if I was using, and I'm talking back just three, four years ago when they were using the uh, Microsoft, it was dog butt slow. Yeah. And now since they went to the SQLite, I can see why, you know, more and more folks are insisting on going to that because it is so much more efficient. It's very fast. It's very light. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can use um, um, SQL or, or, or MySQL or MariaDB or one of those. But again, you have a very large database engine behind it um, that's really designed to be a huge multitasking database. And so if you've got... 50,000 people hitting your database, that's what you want. But when you've got 5, 10, 1 person hitting your database, MySQLite does it much faster, much smaller. I can hook up the three computers to share that same database and see no slowdown. Yep. No slowdown at all. I can enter on one and then be scanning the other. And like you say, it's very efficient and whoever wrote the engine for it it's really it's slick. really fast and it I, is i did that for a for a guy uh, who needed to search fifty two thousand records and they were long big multi-table multi-information uh, column records so they were i mean it wasn't just mm-hmm. like one word or yeah. you know a title um and we put it on f- four machines it's it's like Every one of them is running right there in front of you, and there's nobody else on the database. Mm-hmm. You type it in, poof, there's your answer. Yeah, that, you, that can't be that quick. When you hit return and the answer's right there without yeah. waiting at all, something's yeah. wrong. Something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, That's no. exactly like, what you think. That's right. Is that right? Exactly. And you're sitting there reading the information. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> that's exactly right. It's like, whoa, that was fast. Yep. It's, I love uh, it. That's, that's, you know, the first time you, you go from a modem to, uh, in my case, cable at the time. Yeah. Um, you, you type something in and there's your, there's, you yeah. know, you're into Google and there's your results. They're right there. It's like, what? what? That can't be. That's yeah. not right. That's not right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so. I get, a, I get a kick out of how Google gives you the, the, the statistics. So yeah. I, ser- I searched for how fast. About 17 billion results in 0.43 seconds. Yep. Yep. <laughs> they do that. Yep. I did that for a while. I was um, um, profiling the table, the data that I'd written, uh, and you know, it. I, I had to extend the number of decimal points mm-hmm. in order to actually see a number because <laughs> it kept rounding to zero. Yeah, <laughs> rounding to zero. Um, uh, yeah, there um, something like. And again, you know, now nowadays we have super fast processors and we're all on solid state drives. And so, yes, it's going to be even faster than you, you it used to be. But even so, 
it's super fast. It's very efficient. And yes, and and if you're doing a, a database with a, a couple of hundred, uh, I've got a, a database of of the uh, the last thirty years, the one hundred top banned books each year. So I've got three hundred entries. Well, that's always going to be fast. I don't care what you're using. Yeah. But when you've got fifty two thousand entries and and fifteen columns in every in every table, every fifteen thousand cells in every. Uh, um, record. record. It, yeah. It's 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 going to take some time to do some searching. Except it do, it doesn't take much time at all. I mean, obviously, it's not instantaneous when you're going to fifty two thousand records, but it's awfully fast. And and uh, so when you've got something like um, uh, a large table, and and uh, you're finding that oh, so many people uh, can. Continue to use um, Microsoft Access because it's around, right? And I mean, I get that. Believe me when I tell you, I get that. Um, it's around. There was an old Christmas movie my wife was watching, um, where they had a the uh, it was a research department, and they brought in the first computer, and they had a person trained to type the questions into the computer and, the, and it had the spinny knobs and the wheels and the lights and got the answer back. And meanwhile, the person had already come up with the answer. You know, oh yeah. yeah. Mar- Look up Margaret Hamilton, not the wicked witch of the West. The other one, the one who did all the calculations to send men to the moon all in their head. The, yeah. When the guy and the guys who, who went on the first moon missions, Oh yeah. They said, they said, you know, Oh, the computers calculated everything. I don't care. What does Margaret say? Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and then <laughs> and back, she, th- back then, computer was the person. Right, right, right. Machines weren't that popular. Margaret yet. was a computer. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. she did it fast. Yeah. Yep. All right. We got a minute or so left. Let's uh, at least get a question from Jerry from Rochester, New York. What's up, Jerry? Just uh, re- resuscitated an old, old piece of hardware and uh, blew away the old Windows system and, and put Linux on there. And I was stunned to find out that it's a 32-bit processor and that forms of Linux that run on 32-bit systems are going away starting in 2023. Yeah, they are. Uh, so what is so what is the fate of all those 32-bit systems that are floating around there and surviving on, on Linux and now been uh, uh, still doing useful things, but the support is going away? Um, a lot of people are moving to uh, small uh, single board computers like the Raspberry Pi, uh, which is actually, you know, for n- no money is is uh, more powerful than most of those 32-bit systems. Um, and you can get 32-bit Linux, uh, Raspberry, uh, um, uh, Raspbian OS, they don't call it that anymore, it's Raspberry Pi OS, um, 32-bit still exists, and... Uh, um, uh, or you can get a 64-bit processor for not a lot more money. Um, and a lot of people are moving to those instead of those old 32-bit systems. Um, I believe Puppy Linux is still 32 bits. Uh, hold on. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, but we'll be back. And uh, Why is that not uh, doing anything? Okay. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Dave Enright, Steve Ray, me, Nick Francesco, and you. It's 29 minutes after the hour. It's Sound Bites. It's member-supported Jazz 90.1. Online 24 hours a day, seven days a week at soundbites.org. More with Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. 
Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Henry. And I'm Steve Ray. And at 35 minutes after the hour, we are Sound Bites. And, of course, you can see a picture of Rob Linton on uh, the soundbites.org website. Just scroll down on the left there. You'll see him. Uh, and we're talking to Jerry from Rochester, New York. Hiya, Jerry. Um, yep. He's still Okay. Uh, Steve has posted a link of uh, the top 10 32-bit Linux distros that are still out there. Um, you're right. Ubuntu has abandoned 32-bit, and so have a couple of others, I think, Red Hat. But um, there are still a lot of 32-bit versions of Linux out there. So you can you can you can find one that will uh, that will suit you. Um, uh, Debian itself, of course, as, as Archander says yep. in the chat, uh, they've been uh, they have a, a long history of support um, for very old systems. Um, and of course, there's Puppy Linux and and a couple of others. So, um, well, even Debian is is going away in 2026. So I've got maybe three years left on that. On that one, but yeah. yeah it, it's it's something to think about for for people who are resuscitating old hardware. Uh, that the 32-bit architecture is pretty much gone, going going the way of the dodo. Right, and that's very that's that is very true. Um, what about um, Chromos Flex? Does it support 32-bit? Uh, that's a very good question. Uh, um, hmm. Uh, but it, of course, um, I'll let you do that yeah. while I talk. Um, the the problem with um, Chrome OS Flex is that it's not uh, a f- really a full Linux. Yeah. Uh, it's it's designed to be Chrome OS. Uh, so there are things you can't. Do, do is, it. You know, you can't, like we were saying, it's, it's not easy to load a, uh, you can do it, but it's not easy to load, for example, a SQLite database and, right. and write your own Python code and all of that stuff. So it's doable. It's doable. But yeah, you're right, Jerry. The the, the 32-bit, pro- well, you know, we had this same uh, discussion back when the 16-bit processors were being phased out. Um, you know, the price of poker keeps going up and... and uh, uh, sometimes you can't play the penny game anymore. Looks like the answer is no. Chrome OS Flex requires 64-bit. Yeah. Well, that's like you say, where Raspberry Pi probably be your best bet. Right, right. At, at that point, uh, again, there are 32-bit versions that haven't uh, um, uh, abandoned. 32. There are versions of Linux that haven't yet abandoned 32-bit, and so that list uh, of the top 10 uh, should help you uh, on your way. The the problem is it's going to be so much slower and et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, if you're running a 32-bit machine, you know that already. So. And unsupported. And right. It's just a shame to have to throw away old working hardware. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question of that. Okie doke. All right. Super. Thank you very much, guys. Yeah, keep that list updated for those of us who still have to play in the old hardware. Land. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. Um yeah, uh, every once in a while, um, as you know, I, I, I was taking it for a while. I was taking in laptops uh, for immigrant families, and uh, I would get 32-bit systems in, and I would put something on them. But you're right; some of those are gonna are gonna go away in a few years. And and uh, well, that's what the whole thing Microsoft is counting on, and it's just like um, I can see. You know, that's the only way they're gonna be, make money is by keep you know trying to improve it and do it. You know, making bigger, better systems. That's the way we've come so far in just the 30 years that we've been doing this show. We've seen a lot of changes in hardware and everything else. 
Uh, but right now, with go, going through the pandemic and expecting people to all of a sudden, you know, because of their new requirements for Windows 11, all of a sudden junk their Windows 10 machines that are working fine and not having much money and if, you know, whatever, the times are a little stress stressful that they just can't do it you know all right yeah i'll just dump these old machine windows 10 machines and go out and buy all new windows 11 no not a lot of places don't can happen do that not way a lot of people can do that i'm getting a lot more questions about how do i put linux on my old machine because people want to play they know that yep. their 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 time with their current windows machine is uh you know they're in the countdown uh so they're they're looking uh you know what do i do next how do i how do i prepare myself okay uh for uh the next uh phase which is going to be linux on that machine when when microsoft abandons me and i get it that's we'll see that more and more as as time goes on as as microsoft uh you know uh, the people who run microsoft the people who use microsoft systems um they're not hurting for machines the first so they, you know they'll they'll put a, a 64-bit machine with 32 gig of ram and two terabyte hard drive and think well, that's yeah, normal yeah so the, you were the, saying the first 64-bit machine was in 1961 um it was the ibm 7030 stretch um cost uh, eight million dollars then equivalent to 70 million dollars today yep but one thing I, that that isn't really i've i've, I've heard of is 128-bit processing. We've kind of stalled at 64-bit. We don't need 128 bits yet? We don't need it yet, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, 64 bits is still good, but we'll get there. Well, I'm sure there are 128-bit processors oh, on yeah. supercomputers, yeah. but not again, that's that's we, the same thing with... The concept of a supercomputer is completely different now. Instead of one megalithic computer, you, right. you, you put, you know, a thousand... NVIDIA GPU cards in it. <laughs> right, right. And that's the whole trouble, though. Going up to 128-bit, the cooling system yeah. that yeah. you would have to contrive to keep it so an average home right, right, right. could run it. Probably right now, we probably won't see it in our lifetime, is well, my yeah. speculation. And we've seen, you know, those of us who have been in the business as long as the three of us have, uh, have seen us go from 4-bit to 8-bit to 16-bit to 32-bit to 64-bit. And in every case, at some point, you abandon what was there. It's the same. Apple's mm-hmm. done it how many times? They've yeah. gone yeah. from uh, from they've gone through multiple architectures, and now with the M1 and M2 chips, they're saying you want to run this uh, newest version of something. Sorry, yeah. not going to do it on the machine that's only a couple yeah. of years old. Oh well. Yeah. yeah, that's the price of poker. That's the price of poker. Many modern GPU chips are 100 have a 128 bit bus. 128 bit bus. Yeah. 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 And some can use 128-bit um, arithmetic. Oh, nice. But no, they, not 128-bit addressing yet. I was right. just saying, they'll heat up a room pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Leo from Honey Eye Falls, New York. What's up, Leo? Hey, my name is N-E-I-L. Thank you, guys. I listen I'm sorry, what, yeah, what? Your name is what? Neil. N-E-I-L. Oh, Neil. Okay, yeah. thanks. Yeah. Dave, even, when Dave has, even when Dave has his hearing aids in. That's that's not a problem. It happens all the time. Hey, man. So, uh, Nick, I have uh, a new onset problem. I have a, a Samsung 
uh, Android phone that is linked to my uh, brand new Ford Mustang Mach E. Ooh. And yeah, and uh, it's been it's been linked or, or synced, working great until the most recent Android update on the phone. Uh, and I just want to know if there's a way at least I could begin to try and understand the problem. When I make a phone call, it uh, the first attempt, it drops the call right away, and then I have to dial it again, bring every call. And um, I've I've updated my software is updated in the phone, and uh, it, my car is on automatic update, and I, I've exhausted. I've also um, removed the phone. Uh, you know, uh, took took away the uh, link and then uh, restarted it, and it's still doing it. And I don't know where else to go. I'm seeing lots of reports about problems with Bluetooth connections on the on the Mach-E. And Ford, oh, you are? Okay. Ford itself has a, a troubleshooting tip on um, uh, why isn't my phone connecting to sync? Yeah, because I had okay. to re I had to uh, re um, update. My software, because all of a sudden mine, uh, I've got a Ford Escape, and uh, it sort of dropped. You know, as far as doing the auto start, right? Yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Matter of fact, it wouldn't even bring up the car in the the menu on the app. So uh, yeah, okay. I had to do. Uh, uh, they and they helped me walk through it is doing a, an update to uh, resyncing the software on my uh, car. All right, so I'll because I'll, uh, I'm on auto updates for that, but I'll uh, I'll uh, do an, a manual update and then yeah. I'll reach I'll reach out to. Ford. It's not can, really can, an can update. Do, I say, can you do a downgrade? Go back to the last one that was working. Well, it doesn't seem to be an upgrade oh. problem. It seems to be a resync problem. Mm. Um, yeah, and so um, uh, Steve is going to post a link f- to the Ford um uh faq on this yeah because they went to oh, okay. sync three uh, they were at sync two and hmm. now they've gone up capital to sync register trademark right yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, you know the first thing is make sure the sync software is up to date which you can do that manually as well but then you yeah. know tip one is to reset bluetooth tip two is to soft reset your phone tip three is delete the phone and sync connections and redo them and tip four is reverse pair your phone um, oh, and okay. that, and and there are specific links on, uh, or rather steps on how to do each of those things. But uh, Steve, Steve will post the link to that uh, Ford uh, question right there. Thank you, gentlemen. All right. Good luck. All right. Bye bye now. And cu- and come on over. I need a ride. Yeah. <laughs> of this thing, man. Yeah, I bet. They thought bet. of everything. They thought of everything. <laughs> All right. All have right, fun. Take care. Bye bye. So many cars are just computers on wheels now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been, I've been, uh, um, and I admit this. I've been. Lost. I'm going to drive my car until it dies under me, like an old cowboy in the desert, right? His horse dies under him. That's the way that's going to be. But I have been lusting after an electric car. Well, mine. I discovered, you know, if I'm going down, say, a dark road. Yeah. It auto- you turn on the headlights automatically. Oh. No, it yeah. goes from regular beam to high beam. Yeah, automatic. And then if somebody's coming at me, it shuts back down to regular beat. Yeah, yeah. And I say, Ooh, okay. And if I'm going along, I'm, say, on cruise control, and I come up on somebody, it automatically slows down, put the, keeps the proper distance. Yep. Once they go off the off-ramp, then it's 
goes back right to where I was at it on auto cruise. Yep. It's like, yep. Cool. The, the, the thing that, that most amazed me, I was looking at different cars, right? E, that the cheapest SUV, uh, excuse me, the cheapest EV electrical vehicle I would contemplate buying would be the Chevy Bolt. Mm-hmm. And the higher models of that, $33,000, $34,000 total, they have heated and cooled seats, heated steering wheel. Those are nice. Every yeah. bell and whistle you can imagine. And Super Cruise. Super Cruise means that on certain highways, it, it, it does all the, you know, people in front of you, slows yeah. down, people behind you, people to the sides, lane keeping, all of that. But on certain highways that are designated as super cruise highways, mm-hmm. you can drive hands free. Free, oh! And cool. both four ninety and three ninety are apparently both super cruise highways. Nice, ooh, sweet. See, I don't like the looks of the Bolt. The Volt was nice. The Volt was nice. No, I didn't a, say I like the looks. I was just yeah. looking at what they do. Yeah. And for only you know thirty three thousand yeah. dollars, that's ludicrously look- low amount of money for all those features. I just I was- looked up the Ford Escape that starts at thirty seven. Right, 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 and that's the low end. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of these. That's that's a lot of them. <laughs> well, the the Bolt starts at twenty six, as shown twenty nine. Right, right, so, right, right, right. Okay. You can't even see what they've added in the single picture they have. <laughs> right, right, right. And most of it's inside anyway. So yeah. Um, oh, we had a question from. Uh, I like it. Cynics picnic. Uh, can you talk about Chat GPT? I don't know a lot about it, but I hear it's powerful. Um, indeed, it is uh, for certain select values of powerful. Chat GPT is a um, uh, is AI. Uh, artificial intelligence system. An optimized language model for dialogue. Right, right, right. <laughs> and basically the idea is that it lets you ask questions online and gives you answers or does things for you. So we're seeing chat. Chat GPT has blown up in the academic world because you can ask it to write a paper for you. Let me repeat that. You can ask it to write a paper for you. So, you know, give me a five-page paper on the Peloponnesian Wars. And it will do so, which you can then turn in as your own work. Now, uh, I would suggest that you edit said yeah. five-page paper yeah. um, uh, because I certainly would not trust it necessarily you can't just cut stories out of the encyclopedia to paste into the right in the olden days we would physically cut and paste <laughs> right 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 um well actually when i was a when i was uh, a, a youth i discovered um uh, because i read the entire encyclopedia Britannica cover to cover i discovered that they would write two papers for you a year if you told them i you know i did i actually asked them to do this just to test it only the one paper ever uh, I needed a, a three-page pe- paper on the moon, and I was in this grade. And they sent me back an, a grade-appropriate paper on the moon, three pages long. Uh, Whoa. Oh, yeah, they used to do that. Absolutely used to do that. You bought the Encyclopedia Britannica. You got a lot of stuff that nobody ever took advantage of. Hmm. But uh, that's basically ChatGPT will answer questions. It'll write code for you. So I actually asked it at one point, um, uh, if you've taken a look at the Soundbites uh, lounge page. Uh, you've noticed it used to be that you had to refresh the page at nine o'clock on a 
a Sunday after a Sunday evening in order to actually get into to see the link for the chat. You don't anymore. There's a JavaScript code that automatically replaces the nothing here yet with the actual link. I asked GPT to write that. And it did. Whoa. And it did. And it worked good. And it worked the first time every time. Um, it was quite amazing. So ChatGPT is an artificial intelligence system where if you know how to craft the question, you can get it to tell you dang near anything. Now, there are some limitations in this version. It has no data beyond, I think, two years ago. So you can't really ask it about current events. Mm -hmm. uh, it just doesn't know them yet. But there are, uh, you know, you can go there. And it's free. You have to sign up. So far, it's free. But right now, it's yeah. free. And uh, so you can sign up and say, you know, give. I I've done it. Uh, here's my, you know, I have to have a username and a password. But it's free. And you can go in and say, tell me about. And it also is conversational. So the first time I wrote my, uh, uh, please give me a, a JavaScript that does this. I forgot to say between the hours of. So I said, now modify it, just it, to only work between the hours of. And it did. It knew Whoa. that it meant the thing it had just written. Mm hmm and it modified that code. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, it's actually, it's very smart. I just asked it, it to tell me about AI. Yes. And it said, AI is a branch of computer science focused on creating machines. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, if you want to see, um, I did, I, I just as a test, um, I think it's at asknick.com slash blog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you go to asknick.com slash blog, B-L-O-G, you will see six blog posts listed there. I defy you to tell me which one I wrote, which ones I wrote, and which ones ChatGPT wrote. Uh, and so, you know, I went in and said, give me a thousand words or whatever num the number was about um, and whether or not this was true cloud computing. I may have written that. It may have written that. But, you know, give me give me 800 words about cloud computing. Um, give me a, an 800. What did I say? Said, give me an 800 word blog post aimed at the average person about cloud computing. I could have said, give me a 1200 word blog post or 1200 word essay uh, aimed at fifth graders. Or aimed at college mm -hmm. professors, or whatever, yep. uh, and ask, it will do so. You can ask it for recipes. You can ask it for anything. Which is neat. The, uh, the, I just heard on. I was hearing on a podcast. They were saying, I asked it. I asked ChatGP to, to describe a sunset, and then I took that description and fed it into Stable Diffusion, and had it draw the sunset. Yeah. Chat. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's lots of AI stuff going on right now. Um, Microsoft is adding AI to Bing, uh, ChatGPT essentially to Bing. Google has their own called Bard, which is not ready for prime time. Um, sadly, they jumped the gun just a little bit on that one. Um, but uh, it's not quite ready for prime time. And uh, there's just a lot of that. There's just a lot of them out there. Uh, AI is the future. It also scares the bejeebers out of... Uh, Every faculty member I know, because you can say to it, 
I need a three-page college essay on X. And it doesn't copy text word for word right. that something like a, uh, one of the cheat um, um, te- uh, checker, cheat right. checker, yeah, uh, uh, well, will there, find. A student actually wrote a chat GPT checker. Oh, yeah? And it will tell you, you know, with X certainty, uh, you know, this this was written by chat GPT. Let's ask chat GPT if it can. <laughs> right, right. So chat GPT is out there, and as a as a toy, it's kind of fun. But as a uh, as a real thing, it's it's uh, it's very different. Uh, you're welcome, Cynic's Picnic. Oh, that's not yeah yeah. That was on uh, that was on Twitch. Yeah. As an AI language model, I am capable of generating text that may resemble human writing. However, there are certain characteristics of my responses that may indicate they were written by a machine. Yeah, <laughs> like the stilted language you just put in there. But if you could tell me the location of John Connor, I'd really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so right now you have to log in. It's, it's often uh, um, um, too busy. So, like, you probably can't get in now that we've been talking about it and everyone yeah, trying to get in. Yeah, everybody's checking it out. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But it is there, and it is uh, it is certainly pretty huge at the moment, i got to say. Um, uh, it's, it's got a number of um, really interesting features and a number of really scary features. Oh, you but, can again, post- you've got you've to edit it yourself. Choose your wording. Because it... it Often makes mistakes. Still, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sorry. I, I say you can post code in and ask it what's wrong, and right? It, and it will try to figure out what's wrong because it knows how to write code too, right? Yeah, you can you can have it write code for you. you can have it edit code for you. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty powerful. Like I said, I just I was I was thinking about I got to write some JavaScript, and I'm not JavaScript, not my first, second, third, or fourth language. So um, I struggle with JavaScript and because uh, I've just not done a lot with it. And and so I thought, well, let me just ask GPT, chat GPT. And it did. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Now, How I, far I, we've come oh, in yeah. such a short time. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And you can have it, you can ask it to do all kinds of things. I, I have a, a, a friend who is... Um, a writer, and she um, she writes uh, uh, mostly romance novels, and and she asked it to write um, a plot outline, right? Not the novel itself, the plot outline, and she gave it you know two or three character names, two or three occupations, and it came up with a plot outline. And she said it's the same plot outline I've been using. All, I mean, there's only really you know one. That's not entirely true. Don't everybody jump on me. But there's really only just kind of one um, uh, system, uh, plot outline for uh, that stuff. And she said, it it does exactly what I do. You pick new names, you pick new occupations, you write an outline, and then you write the novel. Mm -hmm. She said, the next step is I'm going to ask it to write the novel and see what happens. I don't think ChatGPT writes that much yet. There are some... um, um, li- limitations in place is how much data you will get back. Yep. So it's not going to write a 50,000 word novel for you. But it will certainly outline one for you. 
All right, that music tells us you've wasted an hour of your life with this nonsense, but do not go too far away because there's a whole other hour of this nonsense coming your way. The nonsense of Dave Enright, the utter nonsense of Steve Ray, and the absolute nonsense of me, Nick Francesco. And, of course, all of your nonsense, because you can give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299, toll-free 800 And we'll be back with a whole lot more sound bites on the longest-running computer show in the known universe right here on the truly great and truly grateful to you that with your generous support, we continue to be solely member-supported. Jazz 90.1. We will see you in just a couple of minutes. It's America's longest-running computer show. Back to more sound bites with Nick, Dave, and Steve. Next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. WGMC Greece, Rochester. A public service of the Greece Central School District. Jazz 90.1. Online at jazz901.org. Welcome back to America's longest-running computer show, Soundbites, on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Get online now. Call 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free 800-790-0415. Or submit your question by email at soundbites.org. Once again, here's Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at four minutes after the hour, you're hurtling headlong into the second hour of the longest-running computer show in the known universe. <gasps> that would be sound bites. <gasps> right here on member-supported Jazz 90.1. We did have a couple other points in the, uh, in the, oh, and these are in the YouTube chat. Uh, our Chandra says, my goodness, it might even be able to pass the Turing test. Well, that's the gold standard, yes, and I don't know that it's there yet. And then join the progress that a well-known and very intelligent political commentator had a conversation with Jet Chat GPT a couple of weeks ago, and the answers GPT spewed out were blatantly politically biased against him. Bad news. Well, bad news for him, certainly. Um, I don't know which particular p- uh, political commentator that was, nor did I see the uh, chat uh, thing. Uh, Bing, uh, Microsoft, rather, had to originally take down their original AI program because it was blatantly uh, white supremacist, um, uh, whatever they have well, fed it, of course. Uh, well, yeah, it's are. whatever you've been trained on. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they, they had to take that down. But, uh, oh, here it is. The conservatives are, are complaining that it's, it's too, um, well, the conservatives are snowflakes yeah. and they complain about everything. All right. Now for the second <laughs> half of our original story on Monday, Apple rolled out security updates for iOS, iPad OS, Mac OS and Safari. That's all. To address a zero-day flaw that it said had been actively exploited in the wild. The issue relates to a type confusion bug in the WebKit browser engine that could be activated when processing maliciously crafted web content, culminating in arbitrary code execution. Apple said the bug was addressed with improved checks, added it's aware um, that it is aware of a, of a report that this issue may have been actively exploited. An anonymous researcher has been credited with reporting the flow. Well, it's hardly a credit if you're anonymous, but okay. It's not immediately clear as to how the vulnerability is being exploited in real-world attacks, but it's the second actively abused type confusion flaw in WebKit to be patched by Apple in as many months. WebKit flaws are also notable for the fact that they have an impact on every third-party web browser that's available for iOS and iPadOS, owing to Apple's uh, restrictions, one might say demands, that uh, browser vendors use the same rendering framework. So every vendor who puts out any 
browser for iOS must use Safari's WebKit as their underlying engine. That engine has been breached. So every browser, no matter who, what name it holds, it's going to be breached. is going to be the same one, basically. And so underneath, it's the same thing. Uh, separately, the latest Mac OS update also pro- uh, plugs a privacy defect in shortcuts that a malware-laced app can take advantage of to observe unprotected user data. Users are advised to update to iOS 16.3.1, iPad OS 16.3.1, Mac OS Ventura 13.2.1, and Safari 16.3.1 to mitigate potential risks. Yes, even Apple products get malware. Get over yourself. Give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299. Toll free 1-800-790-0415. Uh, equal opportunist. Equal opportunity. And as, as, you, as you guys said earlier, um, you know, it used to be, forgive me, used to be Mac was more of a niche product. Mm-hmm. You know, the, not everybody bought one. Right. And then more and more people started buying them. They became much more, uh, and you know, for the last 30 years, they've been uh, out in the public uh, and, and growing every year. And they're at the point where they've been at the point for quite a while, actually where uh, the malware writers are sitting up and taking notice. So, you know, uh, there used to be a feeling in the community, and, and still is among some of the older folks, that Macs don't get viruses. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Macs get them, Windows gets them, Linux gets them. Well, Everybody except Chromebooks gets them, and uh, Chromebooks probably just a matter of time. Yeah. Well, they found that, you know, once they conquered Windows... right. You know, it's like, oh, well, wait a minute. We still have this other operating system that hasn't been plucked yet. And even if we can get a small fraction of hits, you know, and suckers to click on this website and do this or do that. And in fact, a few is better than none. And it's maybe some more money in their pockets for, you know, uh, Gathering, you know, email addresses and everything else, because that's what we've said uh, to date right now. Uh, Viruses are still out there. They're not as prevalent. What the uh, people are going after is what we call spyware and malware. And they go out there and they try to steal your email addresses and information because they can make money off of that. If they can steal, you know, your uh, say you've got 200 contacts in your email list. You know, they grab that, and it's just one person. And you may not think you have any money, but if you have a dollar, they'll they'll take it. Oh yeah, they're happy to take that dollar. And yeah. I used to times yeah, a million people. <laughs> I used to right. I used to hear from my students all the time. Oh, I don't have anything they want. Yeah, you have a pristine credit record. Yep. That's the most important and most valuable thing. Open up a credit card on your name with uh, all your information that they've just uh, got. Boom, run up a, you know, credit card of $5,000 or whatever, you know, beginning balance, and you're on the hook for it. you got to then go on the offense of proving that it wasn't you. Right. So, uh, yes, Mac, uh, Windows is about 76% of the market. Uh, Mac OS is is almost 15%. 15% doesn't sound a lot, but 15% of 8 billion people is actually a pretty big number. Why wouldn't they go after that? It's better than nothing. Uh, so yeah, um, and so you've got you've got. It used to be you could hide behind small numbers. 
You don't have small numbers anymore. Mm-mm. Um, and, and people say, well, Linux, you know, Linux is only for like 3% or something like that. Okay, except that Linux runs 98% of all web, uh, uh, internet systems. So, it's and, and that's the prize, right? It's the backbone of the internet. And that really is the prize. So, yes, there's lots of stuff there as well. So far, they haven't cracked um, uh, the operating system in um, uh, Chrome OS. Uh, yes, you can get you can get a temporary uh, uh, some temporary malware if you load a toolbar or whatever. Uh, but that's on you. You've done that yourself. You've said yes to that toolbar, or at the very least, you haven't said no to that toolbar. Yeah. So that's on you. But in in terms of uh, in terms of the operating system itself, uh, even if you get something, game. you reboot and it's gone. So, um, yeah, that's, that's where that stands these days. I always cringe a little bit when, you know, customers come in and say, I got, I got hacked. Well, you got tricked into letting someone into your computer. That's yeah. not really a hack. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, you're conned. Yeah, that's a, you got conned. Okay. Yeah, right. you got conned into thinking there was but something wrong with your me machine. Is really upset. Yeah, because they, uh, you know, we're told. Oh, you yeah. got to call this number and everything else. No, don't. We have been saying it for decades. And especially when they come back like a week later and did it again. We, yeah, right. We already told, no, don't believe any, for everyone in general, don't believe any message that pops up on your computer. Right. And the Even one, if you have an antivirus program, don't believe messages. Right, right. The one thing I've always said is if you have to think twice yep. about an email, delete it. Right. But they because make them, if it's that important, they will get back to you, especially if it's the bank or the IRS doesn't do that. Yeah. No, wrong. They don't call people like that. Uh-uh. That's right. They, they make they're the mess- certainly not going to ask you for for gift cards. Yeah, yeah. They make the messages so scary. You know, flashing lights and a voice. Don't turn off your computer, or all your files are going to be erased. Uh, no, don't believe any of those. Yeah, right. If it's your awesome. computer is off. None of your files can be erased. Think about that for a yeah. moment. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a real it's a kind it's social engineering, and it, it is uh, prevalent. And it it always amazes me if somebody walked up to you on the street and said that stuff, you'd laugh and walk away. Tell them mm-hmm. get the heck out. But when it happens in the comfort of your own home, you're sitting around in yep. your pajamas. You're watching, you know, your computer. Perceived safety. You're feeling safe. Yeah. And these things come up. You go, oh, my golly, I got to do that. Um, and, yeah, and, and Archandra brings up a point. Um, uh, if we had um, uh, digitally signed email, mm-hmm. if we had, uh, you know, if, if email were actually secure, um, the problem is it's hard to get that. And companies are working on it, but well, they've been working on yeah. it for twenty years. Well, because there's the downgrade attack. Right. Some some email services. Oh, I don't I, I don't support encryption. Okay, here's plain text. Right, yeah. exactly right. So, um, you, you know there there hasn't been there hasn't been a, a concerted effort or or uh, um, to 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 make that happen to to make um. um Secure email happen. There was you can com- do that. I mean, I can do that right now in Thunderbird, right? But the problem is, 
you have to do it too. Right. If I send you an encrypted email, you can't read it unless you have the same plugins that I do to unencrypt it and we have exchanged encryption keys. Right. So I put a password on a file and give it to you. How do I get you the password? Right. I can't use email because someone could have been watching that. Right. Right. And so it's it's a it's a problem. Um I'm I'm working with a with a company now that's that's you know wrote me some code and, and, and I have to send them and I signed up for a specific service and I have to send them the username and password. Mm-hmm. Well huh, how do I do that securely? Yeah. We have to set up secure email and then send it through the secure email. And that's a process that I can go through and they can go through fine. But the average user, when you say to them, well, you have to throw in this um, uh, uh, additional code and you have to now go and get this and you have to put this in your key ring. Come on, they can't do it. They're not going to do it. So now most services are, are using a secure website in the middle. Log into this website, then type your email message, and we'll get it securely. Uh, we work with a lot of medical um, uh, offices, and, and that's very common for sending medical records. That it, it, You can't go through the email because that's not secure, so we have to use some secure website intermediary that both people can look at. Right, right. It's a it's um it's an issue and there are intermediaries but now you have to use those. Yeah. So yeah. All right, to the phones. Our next caller is Sal from Fairport, New York. Hi Sal, what's up? Hey guys. Long time I haven't called you in a while. I was just listening to your topic and I just want to tell Steve I got a email the other day from Apple Storage telling yep. me that my iCloud storage was nearly full and I need to log in to my Apple ID and Yep. provide them that information so that they can uh, upgrade my right. <laughs> Now, that's the I only like time I would I would accept um, uh, you need to buy an Apple gift card to fix this problem. <laughs> 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 well, I, Just I, to I be clear, you do not buy Apple gift cards even for that problem. Right. Gift cards, are, well, I, I've been seeing this at kiosks a lot now, and I like it. Gift cards are for gifts. If someone's yeah. asking for a gift card for payments, they're scamming you. Yep. Well, I have Apple Plus. It gives you like two terabytes something. And yeah. I don't think I'm filling that up. Well, that's the I thing still- for all of this stuff, Sal. If you get a thing that says oh, you've got a problem with X, go yeah. check on X directly. Yeah. Oh, I, I did. I'm at like 15% of my storage. Right. Yep. So yeah, they say you've got a problem with your Apple thing. I got one that said you're, you've got a problem with PayPal. Please go oh, yeah. here. We cannot verify you. You have to change your password. So I thought, huh. So I went to PayPal and logged in. Guess what? Not a problem. Yeah, you're in. And also, of course, the fact that the email came from some, you know, dot gov dot Russia place. So no. But yeah, uh, you got to be. It takes. Due it diligence. takes 30 seconds to, to do your due diligence. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. And you get all these, you know, Apple iCloud storage or whatever email yeah. they can make up. It's pretty, pretty funny. But, yeah, always cautious. Be cautious. Yep, exactly right. Thanks, Sal. All right. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, that's, used- that's simply the way, you know, it takes 30 seconds to verify this stuff. We, um... 
we always used to get a kick out of uh, a Mac users coming in because they had a message that their Windows was infected and they had a Windows virus. And, but then we had a guy come in with his PC and it said he had an Apple virus. Oh, all right. <laughs> there you go. At least it's equal opportunity. Yeah. Well, I, well you were here the day I got uh, a message yep. on my Chromebook yeah. that said Windows has a problem. Click here. My, uh, no. Uh, not happening. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is James from Rochester, New York. What's up, James? Oh, hi, Nick. I uh, was doing some uh, communicating with an insurance company for my car, and they had to send me a couple of documents, and they said I needed the Adobe uh, Reader. So I installed that, and, um, and I got the documents. Now all from different companies... The, they're sending it through Adobe. Is that automatic? No. Um, well, sort of. Yeah, ish. Yeah. You you likely didn't need the Adobe Reader. You needed any PDF reader, and Adobe paid them a little bit of money to say use the Adobe Reader. Acrobat. Right. And when you installed the Adobe Acrobat Reader, uh-huh. it changed Windows, and it does the same thing on the Mac, uh, uh-huh. so that every PDF will now open in the Acrobat Reader. Yeah. So um, that. Yeah, you can, okay? you can uninstall Adobe and and use a different PDF reader. Uh, there's one built into the Mac called Preview. Um, I don't think Windows has a PDF reader built in, does it? it no. I have Windows 10. So what yes. have I been receiving them before the Adobe? Fox it? No, I, I think... I, I think Edge can do PDFs internally. Yeah, now it can, I think. Even um, though I have Chrome and well, I have both, but right, you can't that, not have Edge if you've got Windows. Yeah, <laughs> and I bet Chrome can do PDF internally too. Yeah. So okay. you you had a thing that would read it. The insurance company just either was paid by Adobe mm-hmm. or just doesn't know. Whatever. Also, uh, all of a sudden, McAvee showed up. Um, which I, how did that come about? There was probably a checkbox on the Adobe Reader installer that brought McAfee along with it because McAfee paid Adobe. Yep. Right. When you installed the Adobe, one of the other yeah. uh, bloatware things they add in is some of this other stuff like uh, McAfee or Norton. Or So as we've been saying for years, anytime you install something, mm-hmm. you have to read every screen because often they will have uh, uh, add-along, uh, uh, ride-along software. Bloatware, yep. Bloatware. Yeah, I was in a hurry, obviously. Yep. Read it. So I use Kapersky. I'm going to get rid of that McAvee. Absolutely. it's showing up that different messages. Right. Yep, just delete and you, it. And you don't need two. They'll conflict with each other. Right. Yeah. I'll, just uninstall I'll use the it. Revo, the Revo to get rid of that? Perfect. Okay, thank you. Sure. Bye-bye. Just uh, one more cautionary tale, ladies and gentlemen. When you're mm-hmm. going to install a piece of software, read Don't every screen carefully. Yep. Right. Look for checkboxes that might be on. Yeah, and that's the thing. When you're installing it, folks, here's just a point of interest. When you're installing a package, say like James did, and you're installing it, we tell you to take your time because there's usually other tag-along programs that they're trying to get you to do it. They'll say, well, we're going to also install this. Unless you check that little box down in the bottom or click decline, it'll install it. But you can go ahead and you know decline installing that other stuff and just install. In his case, he'd want just Adobe. So all that other stuff that it tried to 
fudge on to them. Right. You can sit there and decline to install it. It'll still install Adobe. Yep. Well, Adobe created the PDF format and then eventually made it public. Um, right. Actually, <laughs> PDF format is redundant. It's the portable document format format. Right. <laughs> Right, and, um, and PDF a, is super useful. Right, it's a, yeah. it's a way to view a formatted file with text and colors and fonts and pictures without needing the original program they created it with. Right. So it's it's a, it's very handy to open uh, documents, and then they and added form features, so you can uh, have a form, fill out the form, and send it back. Used to be you'd have to uh, print the print the paper, handwrite your things on it, and then scan it and send it back as an email. Right, right, and people still do that. Yep. Um, and it used to be that the form filler outer software was separate from the reader software for yep. that you could get, um, and that and the form fill out stuff cost money. Um, but now many programs do that. For for decades, um, um, LibreOffice would save a PDF. You could save in PDF, and it was quite a while before Microsoft Office did the same. Um, so yeah, there's a whole lot of that stuff that that uh, changed over the decades. All right, there was there was a question in the uh, YouTube chat about the uh, encryption you had mentioned in Thunderbird. Um, so I posted a link on uh, PGP encryption and how to add it to your email. Uh, certain mail programs can 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 do that, but as Nick said, you have to physically get to the other person to to pass keys back and forth. Um, or they have to publish their key to a key server. So everyone has a public key and a private key, and the public key can be public, but you have to know it's coming from the person who says it's coming from. That's right. why you kind of have to physically meet in the middle to be able to, to do right. that securely. Right. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Mark from Greece, New York. What's up, Mark? Hi, guys. Um, just a quick reminder that uh, people, if they don't want to install a PDF reader, they can always get there. Most of the browsers will read PDFs. Yeah, without having a standalone reader. Right. Yep. yep. All you got to do is, is right-click on the PDF and say Open With, and then say Always. You can let one of your browsers do it. Most of them do it. Yep, yep. That's true. And, and it's, it's real easy, and it works great. I have seen sometimes um, um, New York State tax forms, or a couple of them, where whatever format they're using at their end, the Adobe Reader is the only one that can open them properly. And that, that's annoying. Fortunately, the Adobe Reader is free, um, so you can use it along with, with uh, any other reader you want, but it does get annoying. But yeah, every time you install a program, it assumes it's going to be the only program opening that type of files. Right. So you go through your associations, and you can get those to change. But, you know, uh, I I use my browser. From, I use Chrome to read most of my PDFs. Yep. It, it works almost Yeah, you used to have to install a PDF reader and then the plug-in to your browser, and browsers just eventually just built that in because people do it all the time. Yep. Nope. So I just thought I'd pass that along. Yep, thank you. Okay, guys. Right. Um, and somebody else asked in the chat if uh, if you can have some people be um, uh, encrypted or other people be um, regular email. And the answer to that is it depends on the program you're using, but some of them can, yes. Um, generally... 
I, I, I honestly do not know if you can do that with any of the online things, like if you if you use Gmail via the web or or Microsoft uh, Outlook via the web. I don't honestly know that. I've just never looked at, for it. Um, but it's possible. Now, Apple did recently announce their advanced data protection, they're calling it, where most of Apple services have been end-to-end encrypted already, but Apple has held a key. Um, right. And the big thing with that is if you forget your password, you can call Apple and prove your identity and they can unlock your stuff. Um, Apple's new system, they throw away their own keys. So you, you hold the key and if you forget your password, all your stuff is lost. Sorry, don't talk to us anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it, there's caveats both ways. But um, with the latest OSs, you can turn on uh, end-to-end encryption for your iCloud backups, your photos, your notes, um, your messages – um, uh, Apple's iMessage has again been end-to-end encrypted, but Apple's one of the ends, and so they can decrypt your messages if they need to. Um, so they're going to start turning all that off if you if you opt into that feature. Um, but it's something to, to keep in mind that if you forget your password, you lose all your stuff, and nobody can help you. And nobody can help you. Yeah. You can't call anybody to get your password back because there's nobody who knows it. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Bob from Henrietta, New York. Hi, Bob. What's up? Oh, good afternoon. Let me get you off speaker here. Thank you. Um, earlier you were talking about this chat GPT. Right. Um, uh, there's a news article on Fox about it that it changes its answers sometimes on political topics. Uh, it seems that Fox decided to ask it questions about fossil fuels in December, and it gave a nice dissertation about uh, the advantages of such. They recently asked it, and now it says... I'm sorry, we can't answer that. Yeah, the, I, I was reading some of that. That the cre- the the creators of of it are trying to stop it from responding to politically charged questions, right? Or giving answers that it don't like. I could give you a link. Yeah, hang on, hang on, Bob. We got to take a break. Uh, stay on the line. We'll come back to you. Uh, we are going to take a quick break. Um, um, it is 29 minutes after the hour. We have Dave Enright, Steve Ray, me, Nick Francesco, Bob from Henrietta, and you. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes with a whole lot more sound bites on member-supported Jazz 90.1. So you can go away, but don't go too far, and don't forget to come right back. Computer talk you can understand. More sound bites is next on member supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at 33 minutes after the hour, we are sound bites. And we have Bob from Henrietta, New York on the line. And uh, sorry, go ahead, Bob. You were saying something about a link? Uh, yeah, well, I don't have any way to post anything. Right. Where is this chat you keep speaking of? Which There's chat? The link list. Well, well, we have chats on our YouTube stream and on our Facebook stream. Right. And then there's a link list uh, that we post on our website of the links we talk about. Yeah, but uh, a couple times during today's show you mentioned in the chat, and then our Chandra's in there. I've seen in the, in the YouTube chat and on the Facebook chat. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't yet put anything on um the soundbite site uh as you know uh, back in december i got yeah you I, got blown up i just got tired of it i got tired of spending every day fixing wordpress uh so i wrote my own code and it 
it's all working, except they haven't instituted a lot of the stuff that used to be there because it's just, it takes time. That's one of the beauties of WordPress is it has all that stuff. One of the problems with WordPress is much of that stuff is not secure. So um, I just got tired of it, and, and, and uh, so I wrote my own. But I haven't instituted a chat system yet. And we already have to, so I don't know if we need a third. It is to stop up the drain. Right. And, and as Steve just said, we already have two, one on the YouTube chat, one on the Twitch chat. So, Well, actually three. Yeah, I haven't been looking at Twitch. You, look, you, you do Twitch, and I've got Facebook and and um, sound and, and, uh, and I and YouTube. can't do Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. With, between the three of us, the two of us, we've got all three things uh, going. So um, yeah. Uh, well, so, I've never heard of Twitch, so I don't use it. Yeah, but we, we're on the YouTube uh, chat, and we're on uh, Facebook. So uh, well, I'll take a look. For most that. yeah, most uh, of the comments are coming. From, yeah. yeah. Over. Most yeah. of well, the comments are coming from YouTube. Yeah, most of them. Yeah. All right, one thanks. Other, one other thing. Yep. I brought it to your attention a couple of weeks ago about your poll. You could answer several times. Yeah. I still can. Okay, I can't. And so I don't know what's going on with you, but I'll look yeah. into it again. Well, I answered last night. Let me go back to that same browser. Let me go back to that site. Yeah, if you go with a different browser, you might. No, theoretically, that won't matter. Because it's based on IP. Based on IP. The, the one thing I had found that first time he was talking about it is if, if, if I voted and then went back, I got back to the vote page and could vote again. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then went back, I could get to the vote page. Yeah. Right. right. Yep, I've since closed, but I'm on the exact same computer, same IP address, because I got a static with a green light. Um. I went there last night, submit query, and I chose, I make my own quill and parchment. Um, this of morning, I went back, yes, you know, you know, I'm an old fashioned guy, you know what? Anyway, so this morning I went back, I seen the choices again, and I was able to vote again. Yeah, and I don't know. I just, honestly, I just don't know, that. Bob. It just seems to me that it doesn't happen to me on any computer anywhere. I, I just did it. To- you just did it and it worked for you? No. Well, I voted. You were able to vote twice? I can vote again right now. Okay. By going back? Yeah, I just logged out of the... I closed, closed that tab down, reopened up the tab, and it says I can vote again. Interesting. There is a feature in some browsers that they've been adding to hide your IP address. So they randomize your IP address. That's very possible that that's what he's doing. Yeah. Okay. It's possible. There's nothing I can do about that. I, can, I, I don't want to put... I don't want to put cookies on people's machines. Yeah, no. Well, I know that that poll is a large part of your program. You speak of it often, right? So I, I know you made. No, and I appreciate that. that. But uh, the other choice is to is to put cookies on people's machines, and I'm not there yet. I just don't particularly want to do that. Yeah, that's the uh-huh. only other choice. That computer, Dave, must be on a different network because the network I'm on, which I thought was the private network. I can't even vote. Because I voted. Because you already voted. Yeah. God, type what is my IP on yours. Don't say it out loud. Yeah, I'll, I'll go look. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, all right, thanks, Bob. I just thought I'd let you know. Appreciate it. All right, thanks. Have a good day. Yep, Bye. you too. Bye-bye. Um, oh, and while they're uh, chit-chatting about that, I will read this uh, this story. This last Valentine's Day... Microsoft decided to finally break up with Internet Explorer 11. They released a software update that permanently disabled Internet Explorer 11 in Windows 10. 
Rather than being an update to Windows itself, Microsoft instead is pushing out an irreversible update to Microsoft Edge. While this will be seen by many as the end of an era, Internet Explorer 11 has not been supported since the middle of last year. The initial plan had been to release a Windows update to disable the old web browser, but this was changed to an Edge update back in December. Microsoft said that the change to use Microsoft Edge to update to disable IE is intended to provide a better user experience and help organizations transition their last remaining IE 11 users to Microsoft Edge. Organizations that have already transitioned from IE 11 to Microsoft Edge with IE mode will not notice any impact. The fact that Internet Explorer icons will not be removed for another few months makes a degree of sense to help with the transition, but it's also likely to cause confusion for some users. Clicking an Internet Explorer icon will launch Microsoft Edge, and this is a behavior that cannot be changed. Trust Microsoft to sow confusion whenever possible. So do you think you're still on Internet Explorer? You're not. Give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299, toll-free 1-800-790-0415. Yeah, they've... they've, uh, Remember, you don't own your machine. Mm -mm. Microsoft does. You rent it. You want to use Internet Explorer? Sorry, uh, no can do anymore. Um, not, Not your choice. Uh, and, well, and to finish up the discussion about uh, chat GPT, yes, they, they have begun uh, avoiding politically charged questions because there are there are snowflakes on both sides of the aisle. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just are, everybody thinks the other side is getting something they're not. And they're both both sides are complaining that it's it's uh, biased toward the other side. Exactly. It's just it's just annoying. Everybody wants to be a martyr nowadays. Everybody wants to be a victim. Everybody wants to be. Uh, to get special consideration because because they're not being fairly dealt with. It's happening on both sides of the aisle. Get over yourself. Just and get over yourself. Build a bridge, get over it. Exactly. OpenAI's uh, CEO has said that uh, ChatGPT does have some shortcomings around its bias, and probably based on the training that it got. Right. Um, the tech industry ha- is is relatively known as, as liberal-leaning. Um. And uh, so I asked, I asked Chat BT, Jim, if it was bias. It, it said no. Right. <laughs> in, in a nice long paragraph. Nobody thinks it's, bi- yeah. it's biased. I, stri- I strive to provide objective and accurate information. <laughs> well, like I said, the very first time that, that uh, uh, Microsoft did their chat, their yeah. AI program, they just said, here's the Internet. Yep. And it came back as a white supremacist. Within hours. Within hours. And so... You know, and now they have to go in and say, "Okay, there's we have to make some some changes here. changes to to make sure that this is in fact truly unbiased." Um, A lot of the uh, AI based art programs have real problems with people of color, right? Because they didn't get trained well enough on a wide enough cross section of society, right? Well, Google had that problem with their cameras for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Um, Apple had that problem with their cameras for the longest yeah. time. The watches have trouble with people with dark skin because it can't read the sensors. Right. Um, and that's just uh, – but, yeah, Microsoft had that problem with their cameras as well. Everybody's had that problem. They they trained mostly or in some cases exclusively with white people and, and black people were not uh, recognized by the cameras. Did you hear – this is another side note – your alma mater just got uh, one of the top five ratings. 
RIT? For uh, gaming program. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a they're big one Steve the, Jacobs. Oh, yeah, they're they're amazing. They're, they that. last night were saying that they are one of the top five uh, universities to go to for gaming. All those, and that's huge nowadays. Yeah, all that is. Are, all those parents who told their kids you can't make any money playing video games are, are cursing you. Yeah, they were. Yes, yeah, yeah. They were. They were wrong. You can yeah. go to school to play video games. Yeah, and you go to, uh, you to, go to RIT and uh, get a degree yeah. in gaming. Right. Right. But yeah, it seems that everybody's able to vote more than once, except me. Um, and that's not going to change until I put cookies on people's machines and it's, i'm, it's I'm reluctant weird. to do that why on some browsers and some os's in fact i'm on chrome on my mac and i can't he's on chrome on windows and he can yeah it's just weird it's it and it does have to do with uh, i don't know what so um I, it's I not will, worth losing sleep over yeah exactly if you vote more than once you vote more than once i mean it's not like this is not a scientific poll <laughs> you're not, not gonna get any grand prize yeah. right 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 i'm i don't i don't have a grant to provide accurate data for the poll <laughs> i read a story once where um, nielsen isn't gonna be reading <laughs> right right it's like when you walk into a store and the dinger goes off <laughs> And uh, and and sometimes they even count the people coming in the stores. Right. Some guy liked the way it, it dinged, so he just kept walking back and forth and made it ding dozens and dozens and dozens of times. And and the clerk is saying, "Please don't do that because now the store thinks we've had a hundred people in and I've only sold one thing, so I'm not going to get my bonuses and we're going to lose our vacation pay." Yep. And yep. <laughs> I had a friend who used to do that all the time. He'd, he'd come in and he'd wave his hand back so he'd get two. Yeah. Two ins and only one out. Yep. <laughs> and I'd say, you know what you're doing, right? He says, yes. At the end of the day, they're going to have to search the entire store to find the extra person. person. Yep. <laughs> Before they can close up. I said, that's just... That's just mean. That's just wrong. Or the cafeteria thinks there's so many more people in the store, they cook extra food. Right. That they right. end up throwing away because right. there aren't that many it's people. Just, it's just bad all around. Yeah. Uh, but at any rate, that's, uh, that's what that's about. So, Yeah. All right, I got time for this last story, and 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 just it's just one more reason that we don't run a WordPress site anymore. Nearly eleven thousand WordPress websites in recent months have been infected with a backdoor that redirects visitors to sites that rack up fraudulent views of ads provided by Google AdSense. All of the infected sites run WordPress content management system and have an obfuscated PHP script that has been injected into legitimate files powering the websites. Such files include index.php, wpsignup.php, wpactive.php, or activate.php, wpcron.php, and many more. Some infected sites also inject obfuscated code into wpblogheader.php and other files. Obfuscated code is code, well, in code, um, that, that PHP, the programming language, can interpret as regular code, but you and you see it, it's just a series of letters and numbers. Um, um, the additional injected code works as a backdoor that's designed to ensure the malware will survive infection attempts by loading itself into files that run whenever the targeted server is restarted. These backdoors download additional shells and a leaf PHP mailer script from a remote domain and place them in files with random names in the WP includes WP admin and WP content directories. Since the additional malware injection is lodged within the WP blog header.php file, it will execute whenever the website is loaded and reinfects the website. This ensures that the environment remains infected until all traces of the malware are dealt with. The malware takes pains to hide its presence from operators. When a visitor is logged in as an administrator, 
or has visited an infected site within the past two or six hours, the redirections are suspended. Uh, as noted earlier, the malicious code is also obfuscated using Base64 encoding. The mass website infection has been ongoing since at least September, uh, and and uh, and I stopped using uh, WordPress. WordPress in December. So for now, the entire objective of the campaign appears to be generating organic-looking traffic to websites that contain Google's AdSense ads. It's just a way for them to make money from Google. It's not clear how sites are becoming infected in the first place. I couldn't figure it out. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, I had thought I had locked it down, but apparently not. In general, the most common method for infecting WordPress sites is exploiting vulnerable plugins running on a site. Um, but there haven't been any buggy plugins uh, running on the affected sites that the researchers looked at. Uh, also noticed that exploit uh, they all, but the researchers also noted that exploit kits uh, exist that streamline the ability to find various vulnerabilities that may exist exist on a site. Still running a WordPress site? Give us a call five eight five nine. 66Jazz, it's 966-5299, toll-free 1-800-790-0415. And, yeah, I probably should put a chat system on our uh, Soundbite site, but, in fact, I would have to write it myself. Yeah. And, and I can do that. That's, that's not the only way to be sure. That, right. That's not yeah. an issue. Uh, and I would have to make sure that, A, it doesn't, it doesn't do certain things and it does do other things and it scrubs all the input and yada yada yada. I mean, it just gets it gets to the point where, where it's, you're getting a grant for that. You, exactly. I'm spending more time and uh, and and doing that than just you know what. Go to YouTube. Let them deal with it. Uh, so I just logged into my WordPress site that I still have, and WordFence found a malicious PHP file in the forums that we haven't run in years. Exactly. See. But we never cleaned that old code out when we took the forums down. Yep, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So back up and delete. Yep. <laughs> now, uh, no, see, that's, now I'm backing up the, the, the site. That means I'm backing up the malicious code, too. Yes, you are. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I tell you, I had written all kinds of code to, to go through all of the WordPress code on the Soundbite site, and it would alert me every time that it found uh, an issue. But that meant that I had to keep the list of issues up to date. Yeah. Uh, but it did. And it was warning me 10 times a day. And I'd go in and scrub it 10 times a day. And it would get reinfected 10 times a day. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm it wasn't done worth now. your must time. must have got somebody's on list. Must yeah. have been added to a list. Yeah, we had a poor customer come in this week. She's getting getting really horrible spam every two or three minutes. And said, you must have just got put on somebody's list. Exactly right. Well, I've been looking at my log ever since we stopped using WordPress. And I'm getting all these yep. can't find WP dash something. So well, I'm still on the list. We're still on the list. Uh-huh. And they're still trying to hit us. But they can't find us. So the code doesn't exist anymore. Didn't you have a story once about setting up a brand new server? and the very Before you even first, got it online. The, it was a brand new server using an unused IP address. And the very first entry in the, in the log was somebody trying to break in. Even before the boot complete. Before boot complete. <laughs> yeah. The very first entry yeah. in the list was somebody trying to uh, break in. Break in. Uh, they're everywhere, and it's all bots. Yeah. You know, you say, well, nobody wants my stuff. They don't care. They, they don't, don't, care that it's they your don't stuff. know that. It's just a bot. Yeah, That's to all them, it is. you're an IP address. That's all they know, and they're trying to go after anything and everything as far as information. Right. 
Right. You know you might not have something important. They don't they don't know that and they don't care. They're gonna try to break into your system and right. grab whatever they can get. Right. Uh, Frederick uh, in the in the YouTube chat asked, where do I send money? Well, if you're looking to send money to Jazz 90.1, you go to the Jazz 90.1 website and hit the Donate Now button. And if so you're looking tell to send, them for sound bites. Tell them it's for sound bites. If you're sending money directly to sound bites, you can hit the Donate button. Um, and and I, I will say that uh, I appreciate all those donations because they help pay for the site. We have over a 1,000 old shows online that costs money to, yeah. to keep uh, on on, on we're that site. old folks i missed we're the 1024 count yeah you did we're at 1087 now <laughs> we're at 1087 now so yeah there's uh there's just a lot of those and i i do pay for that storage so um uh, it, like i said i do appreciate anything but you, you have to understand there is a separate any money you donate through the Soundbites website is not a donation to Jazz 90.1 that keeps this station on the air and keeps yes. this show Us on, on the air. air. So uh, understand the difference there and, 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 and put your money where you, you, you really mean to. So, yeah. Um, but yeah so they're both good causes. They're both good causes. But, so donate to both. That's the best way to yeah, do it. Yeah, split your money. and uh, That's right. Um, so yeah, so- but the, the thing is that... that, that WordPress is a beautiful piece of software. And what it means is that instead of everybody having to write their own website, you can use the code to create a semi-generic website, but you can certainly uh, make it your own in, in a million different ways. And for the most part, WordPress itself... Very clean, is, very yeah. secure. It's those thousands and thousands of plugins that do really cool things that... Right. May not have been written by a security conscious programmer, right? So yeah, and that and that's um, and that's where you know all the cool things that you can do in WordPress. Those are plugins, yep. and you don't know who wrote those, and you don't know how often they're updating them. And you, you know, every time I used to add a, a, a program, it, it meant you know, every time I tried to add a plugin, first thing you do is go and you see the last time it was updated. Mm-hmm. It's more than three months ago. I don't want it. The second thing you do is read about 500 reviews mm-hmm. because the first 50 are by the guy who wrote it, and, and he's going to say good things. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah, and it's all his friends. Right. And then the third thing you do is read reviews off-site from yeah. any of the WordPress plugin review sites mm-hmm. at, before you add something in. So, again, that's three days of, of farting around yeah. before before you you add something to the site. And even then, you don't know that it's still going to be clean tomorrow. So it's a, it's just a it's just a huge pain in the patoot and I uh, I don't want to do it anymore. That's all. I just don't want to do it anymore. Um Okay, So that's 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 why I I wrote my own site. That's why it's much um plainer than it was. A lot of the things that we used to have, we don't have anymore. Um, and I'll see about adding a chat system in there, but that's going to be that's going to take a little work. I want to make it easy to use and yeah. and simple. So uh, we'll see. Anyway, uh, let's head back to the phones. Our next caller is David from Geneseo, New York. What's up, David? Uh, yeah, I was just wondering. You were talking about earlier in the show. Um, uh, emails being stolen if the email addresses are not stored in contacts 
and they're stored, for example, in notes or something like that. Is that a good way to keep them from being stolen? Well, nobody steals the email addresses. Email addresses are public to begin with. Right, and and that wouldn't help anyway because the person at the other end probably keeps them in their contacts. And the email address is in the message as it's passing through the Internet. So the biggest problem is people who write to and put all the addresses in it. Yeah. Instead of using the the blind carbon copy field right. so that all of those addresses don't get put into every single message. Right. So so it's not the addresses themselves, it's the content of the message. Right? Okay. I'm not sure if you understand. I, I, I guess or maybe I didn't understand. I thought you were saying that um uh some of these uh malware uh programs try and get in and steal your email addresses out of your contacts so that they yeah. could sell them. Yes. Is that, yeah. Was that correct? Yes. Yes. Uh, and there's really no way to pr- that I know of. Not most places encrypt those. Um, but if I put my, but if I put the emails elsewhere and I do not put them in contacts and copy would, and paste every time, sure, that would help. Yeah. Well, most email programs remember what you've typed, and so they have their internal contact list. Right. But more importantly, I'll guarantee you, those email addresses are already out there. Mm-hmm. You're not actually preventing any, unless it's an absolutely private email address that no one has ever used before. There is a website called Have I Been Pwned. Um, I'll post that to the link list because I'm not sure if we have right. the new link list. Right. Yeah. That will tell you if your email address has been seen in a breach. So, Nick, uh, 13 breaches. Yep. Most of those breaches are going to be bad guys. Right. <laughs> or spam lists that get leaked by some other spammer. Uh, but there are some significant companies that have had breaches. And almost always the email address is lost. Quite often um, uh, real name and, and physical addresses and frequently passwords. Yep. Ugh. Yeah. And so uh, y- what you're doing will certainly help. But it, it, it's a Band-Aid at best. Um, and what is the best way to protect my email address, say, if I get a new one? Don't use it? Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, but but here's the yeah. other thing. Let's say you get a Gmail address. Okay. It will take me 30 seconds to write code that that tries every single email yeah. combination, yeah. a at gmail.com, aa at gmail.com, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so an email address by itself is not something you can protect. Okay. What you protect is, is you make it a really good password. And that's the problem with spam is because email addresses are public knowledge. And can be spoofed. And can be spoofed. Um, that email address gets put on a spam list and millions of, of, of horribly objectionable messages. If you're lucky, it's just, it, it's real junk mail. Right. <laughs> it's the objectionable junk mail, the fake junk mail, the porn junk mail that you can get because email addresses are public right. and can be generated. If you use a an email system like Gmail, they have a very good spam filter. So you get much less of that stuff. But Microsoft doesn't have a great one. Apple, as far as I know, doesn't have a great it's one. It's pretty good, but if you're using iCloud.com, Mac.com's, uh, Apple's internal email address. They're good. The Apple Mail app you can train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Listen, that's it. We got to go. That's it. That's it. Thank you. Um, We're done for another week. I want to thank Dave Enright, Steve Ray. I'm Nick Francesco. Thanks to everybody who called in or participated in the chat. 
Thanks so much for putting it in my head that I have to write a chat program because that's going to be so easy for me. Um, uh, but you, you know, what? better to do in your retirement. Exactly. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> we'll be back uh, in just 166 hours. Be good to one another, will you?